Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Frog Snacks Podcast. We're here with episode 49 for y'all. Today, we wanted to talk about something uh, pretty abstract, pretty difficult to define, but uh, has has been talked about kind of recently with um, especially with uh, with some some upcoming games. what we what we were talking about is uh, difficulty in games. The concept of difficulty. What makes a game difficult? Uh, you know how how is difficulty? Uh, how do we think it should be hashed out in a game? Um, and and other discussions that are happening on the the internet, pretty much. Um, right, right, right. Everybody's favorite place. So, um, this is going to be a good one because uh, uh, Frog and I have pretty different. Uh, thoughts on this. So, uh, this is very much a, you know, we're not trying to, we're not trying to solve anything here. This is, this is very discussion based. So, um, let me start off really quick by saying, uh, I, I guess this is, this is a decent place to start, right? Uh, the, the Dark Souls series, right? (laughs) Oh yeah. No discussion of game difficulty would ever exclude the Dark Souls series. So here, I've got a, I've got a few thoughts on it. Now it's it's notoriously difficult, but I've heard a lot of different um, a lot of different takes on this. Right, mm-hmm. um, Dark Souls Three is coming out this year at some point, right? Sure. And there's there's been a little bit of discussion about the the difficulty of the Souls franchise. It, it's it. The first game, Demon Souls, uh, the PS3 exclusive, was a, a pretty obscure title, right? Right. And it was like cute how hard it was, right? And then the first, the first Dark Souls game came out uh, to you know to much fanfare, and it was again you know difficult for difficult's sake. And then Dark Souls Two came out, and at this point, it was like a running, it was like a joke more than. Uh, more than like a facet of the franchise, it was, it was sort of just like a oh, Dark Souls. Oh, heard it's really hard. Can't you know? Prepare to die. You know, like the whole <laughs> right, thing. Right, right, you know, right. like the big like you died animation that shows up every time you die, and like you know, can you? How many times did you die? Just constantly talking about about it. But I've, since the third one is coming out soon, uh, I've heard a little. I've heard a couple of takes on it, and. Uh, one person on Polygon went as far as to say that they should have difficulty levels in in Dark Souls, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I found this to be to be really interesting, right? Because there, a lot of people are gum, are coming out and saying, and this this uh, this article really really start, tried to drive this point home that because of because the 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 big thing that everybody knows about Dark Souls is how difficult it is, is uh, preventing people from playing it who otherwise wouldn't be intimidated by it, right? Just, right. just, just on the on the prospect that it might be really, really hard and therefore won't be fun, right? Right. So I thought this was like a, a great injustice. Like I, I wanted. <laughs> Like I wanted, I wanted this what? person fired for uh, slander. Like, the, like it couldn't believe it. So here's, here's the, here's, here's my, 
and I think and I think the people at From Software, if they were, if 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 they felt so inclined as to, um, you know, de- defend themselves for lack of a better word about sure. why they've decided to make difficulty, uh, high difficulty, such a um, a mainstay of this franchise, they would probably say the same thing that I that I'm thinking when I think of. Uh, you know, quote unquote, the difficulty of the Dark Souls franchise. Um, you can, if you play, if you play Dark Souls, um, it it's not so much difficult as it has a higher learning curve, right? And I think that there is a difference. So I'm going to argue that, uh, you know, you you just. Dark Souls is just meant to be played differently than most other games, right? Mm-hmm. And at face value, that just looks like it me- like it means and is more difficult. When in fact, you really just have to play it differently. It's it's not a traditional action RPG. You're not running out there and and just hacking things and leveling up. You are you are um, you are allocating you know, for, for every movement that you make, it is, it is a game of, uh, of, of patience and persistence and, um, thinking a few steps ahead. And that's really it. And I think that once you get the hang of that and that play style, the difficulty is, you know, not, not really as, as, uh, daunting as it seems. Yeah. It's not as daunting as, as people make it out to be. Um, so that's my, that's my take on difficulty. Now you, you feel differently, I'm guessing. Well, see, you bring up Dark Souls, which I can't really intelligently speak about because I've only played like 10 minutes of Dark Souls 1. Oh um, God, dude. I know. Every, right now there's a giant arrow being pointed at my head by basically anybody on the internet. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that's another of my, uh. Dirty gaming laundry, <laughs> <laughs> but 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 I can talk about uh, the work of another developer who, while not making Dark Souls stuff, is also known for some pretty difficult games, mm-hmm. uh, and that would be my my great great friends Platinum. Mm-hmm. Uh, we all of us that have played Platinum games know that they can be pretty damn nasty if they want to be. Yeah. Right. Yep. So, you know, but they all always have adjustable difficulty levels. Right. So you, the, the, the big, the big, you know, chasm between you and I is that you are a fan of difficulty levels and I, and not that I'm not. Uh, but you, know you don't what? think every game should have them. I don't think every game should have them. I, I, I think that there's a place for it. Um, and I think that some, some games, like it makes a lot of sense and it's like a cool thing to play, you know, play it on a higher difficulty level. But I think that if a game's, um, one of the game, if a game has a really large, um, replayability factor, mm-hmm. the difficulty setting is, uh, makes a lot more sense. Well, I mean, you can also say the difficulty setting is a way to get a game that replayability. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other thing I was going to say is that this becomes basically a one of the many battles of designer intent versus business, honestly. Right. Because 
if you put in the difficulty levels on like if if they cave, which is a frankly a good possibility, uh, if they cave on Dark Souls three and said, "Hey, we threw in a difficulty slider," right? Yeah. Uh, the fans are going to be butthurt. Yep. But ultimately, the game is going to sell more copies because all the people who are like, "I'm not touching that thing with a ten foot pole." Because I'm not trying to, you know, repeat the same area 48 times. Uh, then they get those people's money. So, in most cases, if it's a design versus business decision, and especially in something that is, at the end of the day, so largely unimpactful as this, the business side would win out. Which is why I would definitely not be surprised to see if they cave, and specifically in Dark Souls 3. But that's also why I believe all the Platinum games have adjustable difficulty on them, right? Yeah. Because all those games are, first of all, from the bat design to be replayed and definitely fit the bill of what you were talking about as far as they are not designed to be played like most other regular adventure games, right? Pretty much every Platinum title you can think of, the poster child being, um, actually, I think the poster child is Wonderful 101, yeah. is a game that you have to sit learn its particular quirks. And once you learn its particular quirks, it's not really that difficult. But getting over that hump is where a lot of people will be like, wow, fuck this, you know? Yeah. But that's where a a difficulty slider comes in handy. Mm -hmm. Because for the people, and I'll certainly put my hand up in this, the people who are typically slower to pick up the finer points of mechanics... You know, you go on easy mode and you can like, okay, well, I kind of get it. I see what they're trying to go for. And you can at least get through the game. And then you're like, okay, that was cool. You you may fall in love with the core design of the game and then decide, all right, well, now I'm going to, you know, tackle it again on a harder difficulty. And now let me see how it's meant to be played. By the way, you can always do that. Like Halo, for example, right? Yeah. Uh, Halo tells you straight up, heroic is this is how we mean for you to play the game. I right. think that, that I appreciate once, that. Hmm? I appreciate that. I appreciate that, and I think that sentence is crucial. Like it's one little sentence, but I think it sticks out in players' heads because you may you have fully have the option to be like, all right, well, I'm going to put this on super retarded, you know, ridiculously, <laughs> you know, <laughs> ninja super, dog mode. We'll super. come back to that one. Oh, ninja dog mode. Ninja yeah. dog mode. Yeah. Right. What was the one that they added in a uh, in a uh, the Yoshi's Woolly World? Oh, I didn't know that. Which one? What did they add? It was it was basically the ninja dog mode of Yoshi's Woolly World. Remember they talked about it in the Nintendo Direct, and I was like all upset about it. <laughs> Where you basically like float. To, it was like it was it wasn't. They didn't use the word casual, but it was like a synonym of casual mode. It was like uh, I, now I we know. have to find this immediately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but. Up. But yeah, so so here I, I appreciate that too because like when you're playing a game like uh, what I, I just played, I just got the uh, well, I didn't just get it, but I my PlayStation Four came with the Uncharted collection, right? Right. And I'm playing the first Uncharted. I actually just beat it today, right? Pretty good game. But um, you know they they've got the four difficulties. They've got you know your easy, normal, hard, and you know extreme or whatever. And then if you beat the game, you unlock. Uh, you know, a, a, an even harder difficulty, like hero mode or some shit, right? Right. Um, with four, there's no middle, but this is like a very common format. And you, I, I want to, you know, I want to play the game on, um, on, you know, probably normal or hard, but 
I don't know. I don't know what I'm to get out of the game yet. Do you know what I mean? Like, well, with this Uncharted, is because because here's the thing. Like, let's say you get let's say you get Uncharted and you've never played it before, right? Right. You don't you don't know. You know, you can always you can always uh, start it on hard and decide. Oh, this is too difficult for me, and then play it on uh, normal. But if the draw of the game is the gameplay, then you know, hard might be more appropriate than normal. But if the draw of the game is the environment and the story and the characters and stuff, then difficulty does not mean much. Now, and this is this is another thing that I'm... Um, and I'm glad you brought that up because it's another like dimension I wanted to talk about. Right, on. and and it and it, it fits into it fits into my my Dark Souls point because the draw of Dark Souls is the gameplay. That right. is that is really it. Like it it uh you know it's it's got a it's got great environments, but there's zero character development. You know, it's just a spooky world for you to explore uh, and kill shit. You know. And, you know, it, it has this very vague story and, like, the story is vague on purpose and, like, it's cool to know it, – it's cool to, like, get something out of the story because it can be interpreted in a couple of different ways. But really it's just you're playing this for the gameplay. And if you, right. were, to, and if you were to go and, you know, make an easy mode for, for Dark Souls, right, go in, play the game on easy, blow through the game – you're not going to get anything out of it. You're not going to learn anything. You're you're just going to be like, oh wow, this. You know what? This game like is kind of boring. I don't know what the hype is because you didn't play it correctly. You could say that, sure, but then that's where you get into, as you kind of were getting at, how how the difficulty itself is designed. You know, if it's yeah. just Dark Souls is a case where simply easy mode to me would probably just be a case of. Oh well, this boss had five hundred thousand HP. Now it's three, right? So sure. they're not going to change the the essence of the game, but you know what they can do is make getting to, I guess you know the certain inflection points easier. You know, so cut cut the HP levels, give the player a damage boost, right? Um, as in deal more damage. Uh, and then probably do things like, I know there's a whole bonfire system. Maybe you put a couple more bonfires instead of, you know, having like three in the whole game, put five, you know, some whatever. Oh. <laughs> <That> just <laughs> What? Yeah, yeah, no, for real though. Like it, 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 it just seems like, uh, an, an affront to the entire concept of Dark Souls right now, we, you know, nowadays we can talk about games having um a, uh, like an artistic merit right mm-hmm. um you know not that older games didn't but uh you know any any difficulty nowadays is intentional and right. and adds to the whole thing right nobody nobody says anymore um you know this game is too hard and it's because of uh various design flaws you know, like that, that's not a conversation that, you know, should be happening in 2016. And it rarely comes up, if ever. Rarely, uh, yes. Now, game that it did happen, but go on. Yeah, but, but now it's like, you know, uh, games are difficult on purpose. Um, you know, there's, there's a difference between 
difficulty and, you know, changing up your play style and, uh, you know, the, the game just generally being broken or unplayable. So the, I don't know if it was the first Zelda game or the second Zelda game, but, uh, there's like an area in there where you have to, uh, you have to go into like a, a forest or a room or some shit. You have to find a key and it's, you, the only way to find it is to check every pixel in that room, right? Like you just run up and down the walls and hit A until you find the key. Like that's not Yeah, that's not helping anybody. Like that's 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 you can argue that this is difficult, too difficult, but you can't put this on you know, if, if they were to remake if they were to remake the original Zelda, like they would just put it in the room in a chest and you could see it and then be like, okay, but back then like maybe they didn't have uh the capacity to you know, put a, a a chest in that room. You know, that's a that's a very distinct possibility, right? Especially considering the scope of that game was pretty huge back in the day. So, I don't blame the developer for you know cutting corners. limitations. Yeah, and cutting corners. And you know, if it if it meant one part was like a little too hard and required a little bit more patience than what was intent than what was intended, then you know, so be it. Whatever. That's unacceptable nowadays. So. When a game is difficult, it is by design, and I think that uh, difficulty, uh, when when put in on purpose, is you know like not not to be uh, like not to be messed with. You know, like if a de- if a developer wants to put in the difficulty settings, then you're not you're not expecting them to have said okay the we want we want you to completely rethink the way you play games like this right i, su- I suppose there's an argument for that yes but again to me it still goes back to the whole idea of the business reality versus the artistic vision if you're an indie dev right yeah and you're technically not answering to anybody yeah, sure, you can do that. Have your uncompromising vision, and that's fine. And then whoever gets it, gets it, and that's the end of it. Uh-huh. But generally speaking, actually, frankly, particularly for indies usually, right, uh, people want to get their games out to as big an audience as possible. Uh, and to me, difficulty sliders are one of the easiest ways to get, to kind of have your cake and eat it too. Because... Yeah, I see what you're saying in that to to admit that there are other difficulty levels is to kind of, you know, muddy the water in terms of the how it should be played, quote unquote. Yeah. But to me, that minor bit of water muddying would be worth it if it means that more people actually give your thing a shot in the first place. It's it's kind of a, a hundred you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take kind of thing, right? Right. You make that minor concession in that okay, well, I'm gonna muddy the water here and, and say, fine. You guys that are afraid of the main difficulty, get your feet wet with this mode that we put in here for you, right? Mm-hmm. And then take on the uh the main game. And as we said before, you make it feel free to make it totally explicit. Hey guys, you guys that are playing on easy and very easy mode, y'all are bitches. Uh, you should be playing the game like this. 
because I think most people, when they see something like that, uh, will be like, all right, well, you know what? I, I got my feet wet, you know, you know, screw you developer. I'm going to go and, and take your vision and take your challenge as it's meant to be. Then developer one, they got your money. Sure. And they, and hopefully they got you as a fan of the franchise. But I think, I think that there is something to be said for coming out and saying like, Oh, you know, we're the developer and, uh, this game's this game's kind of tough. We're mm-hmm. gonna we're gonna come out right here and we're gonna we're gonna say this game is too tough because what's gonna happen now, especially in especially in 2016, is that you're going to see um, if the game is popular and doesn't offer enough of a challenge. Mm-hmm. And this isn't a this isn't a bad thing, you know. Like let's say you have a hard mode in your game, but it it, it you underestimated the the capacity of the gaming populace, right? And it ends up not being as not being that hard, right? Right. Um, what's going to happen in 2016 now is the they're going to have to add the difficulty, right? And I don't know how I don't know how difficult that is to do from a developing standpoint. Um, it happens. Right. Depends in, on how they design the game. Right. It happens. It happened in uh, XCOM, right? XCOM Two is coming out uh, Friday. Actually, major hype, super mm-hmm. hype. Super hype for XCOM two, but XCOM one, uh, there were um, there were uh, fan mods that that uh, upped the difficulty level because it, they did not think that it was hard enough. Like the developers came out and said, "Yeah, for XCOM two, like we went we went all out. Like we gave you extra super duper hardcore mode, ridiculous because, mode. Yeah, we gave you ridiculous mode because." You know, um, hardcore dominatrix, tie me up in the dungeon and whip me mode. Yeah, because not only we, not only were we getting letters from fans saying letters, emails, whatever. <laughs> we're not not only were we hearing from the fans saying, "Hey, I beat the game on on uh, extreme mode uh, three times and didn't lose any soldiers." You know, like you, they they figured out the you know the way that the game is meant to be played, and they and they got it down to a science. Right, right. Because there wasn't uh, there, there wasn't a lot of ambiguity in the way that the game should be played, uh, measured up with how you know difficult the encounters with enemies are going to be, like it is in Dark Souls and like it is in Metal Gear and stuff like that. Right. So th- it is essentially a science to be mastered. They mastered it. They were like, this is not difficult enough. They came out with a um, a fan mod, made it even harder. And they couldn't get enough because again, it is it is essentially a science. So if if difficulty in games like that, even ones with damage sliders, um, can't really be quantified because it the way that the game is played can be perfected over time. Mm-hmm. Then you can't even then adding or lowering the difficulty doesn't do anything because you've you you would have to rework the entire science behind the the way that the game is played which is easier said than done it's it's easier it, i'm saying no it's I don't, I don't think it's easy easy said or done but i'm saying it's uh it's probably it, a science like that is easier to figure out for a turn-based game like uh like XCOM was than uh a game that is happening in real time like uh like Dark Souls or like Metal Gear, right? Metal sure. Gear is- uh, and by the way, funny, but you brought Metal Gear because I was going to say that a similar set of mods are out there for MGS5 as well. Uh, the because harder? there are a lot of people who felt that the game is too easy 
Yeah. So and, and Metal actually, Gear Solid Five was, I think, the the only is one the first that and only in the series that does not have difficulty sliders. Exactly. So you know the and and there's no science to be mastered in the Metal Gear. For every every encounter is a is particularly a pu- in five is a puzzle that is happening in real time, right? So I mean, yeah, like the the difficulty in five really was an issue because they didn't offer. Uh, damage sliders like they like they do in every game, right? And and people wanted to fix it. And it happened in XCOM. It happened in Metal Gear Solid Five. Uh, Five is an anomaly for the series in general, but uh, I think it's a, I think it's we I think we should talk about Metal Gear because Metal Gear does both. Metal well, Gear, yeah, go ahead. I was gonna say Metal Gear is what actually gave me the opinion that I have because part of why I love the series as much as I do is because. I feel that they completely nail the concept of difficulty because you can play Metal Gear either at like complete mind-numbing idiocy or at extreme pulse-pounding tactical stealth where every single motion you move matters. And the choice of whether you decide to do that is completely and utterly up to the player at all times. And right. that, I think, is good. That's good difficulty design in my book. Well, because you can choose how ridiculous you want the game to be. Um, but to go off that for a second, I was going to say, for what the argument you were making with, like, XCOM, I can kind of turn that around and be like, well, you can say that there's always going to be a subset of people who are really good at games for whom, frankly, it can never be hard enough, right? Right. Um but there are a lot of people, like for me, for example, looking at... I haven't played XCOM yet. I know another arrow coming at my head. Uh, uh, you can skip XCOM. You've played Fire Emblem, right? Yeah, I've played Fire Emblem. Yeah, XCOM is just like uh, uh, Fire Emblem meets Ghost Recon. Which is really cool. I haven't. I, I have the game. I've tried the game twice, but I just have not... So, and the reason I haven't started it because I was like, let me not start this and then leave it hanging somewhere. Where, you know? wherever, wherever it is on your... Priority list, uh, leave it there. It doesn't need to jump up any, even though even though I love the game and it's great. That's fair. Yeah, but anyway. Yeah. Um, but with five, for example, like I kept hearing these people, oh, this game is mad easy. Da 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 da. I didn't think that. <laughs> like I know I went in there. I got my ass kicked in that game so many times up and down the street. I said I absolutely do not want to see any of these difficulty mods. Like what? Like, I saw those, I was like, well, this is for, you know, sadomasochistic crazy people, well, of which there are plenty. And well, you know what? That's fine at the end of the day. Well, here's the thing with, with Metal Gear, and, it's, and it's, it's rare in that it has, a, um, it has a gameplay style that it wants you to emulate. And, you know, you can, you can adjust the difficult my, – my thing with Metal Gear is like, okay, I, I, I was saying earlier that like with Dark Souls, there's really not much for you to take in other than challenging yourself, right? Like right. it's just the gameplay. It's, um, it's the only game really of its type and the difficulty is a huge part of that. Um, make, if, if you made the game easier, you would just coast through the game and that would be it. There's, no, there's really not much of a story to – you know, absorb or anything like that. But with Metal Gear, it, it does both. You can play the game on easy or medium or whatever. Like Let's you get did, a story. Like, yeah, and, and, you know, get your story on because there's 
you know, it, it, honestly, you can really only do one at a time. You know, you can't be like trying to figure out all these stealth mechanics and then also, you know, be investing yourself in this like overly complex, you know, highly political narrative, mi- mind gamey, uh, yeah. supernatural storyline, right? So you can play the game on easy and just appreciate all of the the story and the characters for what they are. But if you wanna if you wanna challenge yourself just for the gameplay, you can play it on hard and you know perfect your your uh, your stealthiness, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so Metal Metal Gear is you know that's another reason why Metal Gear is an anomaly. But in this case, I think it is. If if Metal Gear uh, if Metal Gear Solid did not have the the difficulty slider, uh-huh. I would imagine that it would be around the same difficulty as what five was because it would want it wouldn't be it wouldn't be so easy where it was boring, but it would be it, it wouldn't be so difficult where you, it would take away from the main draw, which is I think is the story. Of course. Um... Well, I mean, another reason that Metal Gear's anomalies, I think it's actually a pretty strong 50-50 balance. If you take the story out of MGS, yeah, you've taken a massive element, but you still have a pretty damn fine stealth game. Oh, yeah, totally. You know, so that can 150% exist as a compelling product on its own, right? Of mm-hmm. its own accord. Mm-hmm. Um, but even so, for something like a Dark Souls, I mean, that's... To me, that's something, it, it, it comes down again to how you design the difficulty and how crazy you go, right? Yeah. If you're going to have a very easy mode where you just make it complete stupidity, which I mean, hey, listen, there's a market for that kind of stuff too. But I don't know if I would put that. Like, to me, I would have three difficulty modes, maybe four, in Dark Souls, only one of which is like you giving concessions to the player. And even then, the concession you give to the player, like I said, is like cut some bo- some enemy HP or whatever. You know, nothing like completely game breaking. Like you still have to ultimately kind of learn the cadence and rhythm that would go into the combat. But you'll have a much larger margin of error. And then on the other side. You can have it so, okay, guys, well, you learned how this works. Congratulations. You want a cookie. Uh, now you have no margin of error. Have fun. Right. You yeah. know? So to me, this – and here's what actually gets even funnier. Because my favorite developer in the world, right? Favorite developer in the world, Nintendo. Yep. Never uses difficulty levels. Never, ever, 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 never. Right. No first party. I cannot think of a single first party Nintendo game I've ever seen that at least a single player game. Because then obviously Mario Party, you can adjust the difficulty of the AI or whatever, stuff like that. But I cannot think of, and I guess Mario Kart single player mode, the different, you know, cups or whatever. Uh, Shy of that, but talking like a single player adventure game, right? None of the... Nintendo first party big adventures have difficulty modes unless you want to consider the newly developed like hero mode they added to like um, to Wind Waker HD and what they're going to put in Twilight Princess HD. But even that is going to be like that's like a minor thing for most people, right? Yeah. It's going to be like an extra annoyance really because Zelda is not about for those that don't know, hero mode basically will make it 
So in, in Zelda, they're pretty generous with giving out hearts, but in her mode, uh, the enemies will do more damage and you won't be able to find hearts as easily. Which frankly just makes it more annoying than anything else. Because at the end of the day, Zelda's are, are puzzle games. It's not. It's like twenty five percent combat, seventy five percent puzzle. Right, and that's that's like another argument for that, right? Like I was gonna bring up Ocarina of Time, where it's mm-hmm. like, okay, yeah, the the, the difficulty, um, you like, how do you scale the difficulty of a of a game that just requires you to think, right? Like yeah, puzzles. You, you can't. You can't like. Uh, you know. You would have to like if you made if you made Ocarina of Time uh, have a hard mode. What would it would to make the game actually harder? You would just have to make all of the you have to redesign all of the temples to make them more difficult to solve, right? And mm-hmm. like that's not a thing that you can actually do. That's a fair point, though. I will say that uh, kind of Nintendo's approach to kind of giving a certain variability to difficulty, which which I think is another model that, while may, it may not be as clean-cut as having an easy, medium, or hard screen, uh, this is also something that I think is worth exploring, is the whole idea of, for example, in Mario Galaxy 2, they introduced, or it might have been Donkey Country Returns, but whatever. Both games have it. Uh... I forget what it's called, like the super mode. So basically, if you die more than, I think, four times on a given level, yeah, then when you respawn the next time, there's going to be some, in Mario Galaxy 2, there'll be an extra box buzzing in your face right there where you, at the checkpoint, saying, hey, you got bodied. Do you want us to show you how to do the level? And, you know, obviously you can completely ignore it. And I know for me, and I definitely run on the internet for a lot of people, when they see that, that basically puts them in the zone like, okay, 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 I, I really got to get my shit together. Yeah, because, I mean, nothing is more humiliating than, like, <laughs> Nintendo asking you if you need help with one of their games. Yeah. But, so, but that's, like, uh, a thing that they've been doing in a lot of games recently. Yeah, that was that was kind of a way of them trying to... Because because of exactly what you said, the fact that most of the Nintendo first-party classics are entirely reliant on level design, right? Yeah. Be it Mario, Zelda, Metroid, all those games. All those games are completely reliant on level design rather than enemy encounters. So you can't as easily change the difficulty and make it easier. But what they're trying to do is, you know, for the whack people <laughs> to put in, you know, kind of fancy items to help people breeze through if it starts to get ridiculous. Um, for Zelda, I would imagine one th- they can probably just put at some point, they probably will, uh, they'll probably just put some magic fairy that would be like, hey, I know everything to do, so if you ever have problem- problems, just ask me and I'll tell you exactly what to do. Which, by the way, I will be the first person to use First, stop. First person to use. Here's the thing, man. Check this out. <laughs> so, Check this but, out. Here's my here's my uh, here's my hot take for for this. Right. This is this is like my uh, like fire and brimstone, real talk with snacks, <laughs> like hot the take. John Calvin. The, yeah. The, 
<laughs> yeah, this is top preacher. This is yeah. This is my this is my real talk uh, video game Calvinist uh, <laughs> take, right? And uh, so, okay, Ocarina of Time, classic game, one of the greatest games ever made. Yada yada yada, right? right. Um, everybody knows that uh, the the like the like big. Uh, hump that you got to get over is the water temple, right? Oh God! Right now, you have to curse on the podcast. The what? <laughs> the here's 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 where I here's where I'm here's where I'm like I see the disconnect right between uh, between somebody who uh, plays games for the reasons that I play them and somebody who plays the games for a different reason. Right. And, and I might not under ever really understand what that is. Like the people who play video games for reasons other than the reason I play video games. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I will ever know what that reason is. Like, I don't know what they're doing here. In, All right, so before you go system. further down that path, why yeah. do you define for the fine folks at home? What what exactly are you playing games for? Um, I play video games for the same reason that like old people do water aerobics. <laughs> like I'm I'm here I'm like I'm I'm doing this um, as like as like one media consumption. Right? Mm-hmm. Media and art consumption. Yep. And two, to like use my brain for right. things, right? To use my brain uh, to to keep my uh, hand eye coordination valid um, and and applicable. Um, and you know, just just like um, enjoyment, right? Sure. Uh, no, I have to be. I kind of have to make the comment. The hand-eye coordination thing, while true, is like the 1980s <laughs> justification. Sure, sure, sure. There's but, way more we can talk about. I mean, there's. You know, I like, mean, I can. We can. I. I can't like. It's. It's difficult to articulate why I play video games. Right. You know, we're gonna have to have a whole discussion about that. We right? are, no. We tune in next we, week, folks. Like, yeah, and maybe next week. Hey, next week is uh, episode 50. I think why we play video games is a good topic for episode 50. FYI. We'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. But anyway, here's 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 what I'm here's uh, my my take. Let's say that they had that mechanic in Ocarina of Time, right? Mm-hmm. Like the the oh you're uh, I see you've been like running around in circles for the past forty five minutes. Uh, <laughs> I'm a fairy. Uh, let me show you how to do this, right? Mm-hmm. The fairy shows you how to do it. Then you do it, and this this like very important point in like the history of video games this this moment uh, can can never be replicated for you ever again, and you've gone through it essentially cheating, like you had you had a a, 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 a like a, a like video game museum point in your life mm-hmm. a point a point that you can only ever encounter and go and experience one time really only one time and you were led by the wrist through it and and it's like that moment is stolen from you right like 
you can you can and you can't ever do it again because once you know how to do it, even if you go back and play it, you've seen it before and you're doing it, right? And this discussion like like this the discussion of the water temple is um is diluted by, you know, maybe half of the player population just, you know, being eight years old or whatever saying like, well, you know, fuck it. This temple's hard. I'm going to do this. uh, I'm going to do this fairy thing and have this fair. And then, you know, you're, you're 26 and the whole uh, video game world is constantly talking about, you know, that part. And you have to, you, you have to have that on your shoulders. Like you have to have that weight knowing that you fucking uh, skipped to the end of that temple because you didn't do, you don't play video games for the water aerobic reason. You didn't, you didn't, you didn't play video games to like keep your, uh, like keep your mind sharp. You didn't, you didn't challenge yourself. You didn't get that cherry on top of being able to say, I figured this out. I beat this game. I am uh, of equal or greater intelligence than what the developers of this game intended. I I play video games and I get that feeling. Right? I play Dark Souls and I say I I, I got it. I figured it out. I have the I have not only the mental fortitude but the patience to do this. Right? And like uh, essentially you're consuming art when you're playing video games. So whatever self-serving attitude you feel after having consumed said art is, is, uh, you know, that's, that's, that's you, that's your, you know, uh, like that's your, uh, that's like why you pray to like the God of like Dionysus, right? Like that's why, you, <laughs> that's why you pray to like the, what is like, uh, Bacchus or whatever the like, Roman God of, uh, getting drunk is right. Like that's yep. it. Like it's all, it's all self-serving. Like you can go to an art museum and, you know, like, like be feeling yourself later. Cause you feel smarter, right? Like <laughs> that is, that is like totally an acceptable reaction to having consumed this art. And I can't think of a, like a proper analogy, really. It would be like going to an art museum and like, Instead of like, uh, you know, noticing a quirk in a painting, having like a guide be like, oh, before we go into this room, uh, make sure to look in the top right corner of this painting. And then you do it. And then people will be like, oh, man, like you, you went to that museum. They, they've got the, on, the only copy of that painting in that museum. Did you notice the thing? And you'll be like, yeah, well, I, I noticed it. But they like told me to notice it. And then like this, this like uh, this like self-satisfaction is is drained somewhat. And you can't ever go back and feel that ever because you always know that that thing is in that painting, right? Like, is am I is this the ramblings of a madman or am I making sense to you? It's not the ramblings of a madman, but I see. I want to say slightly to the uh, the left or the right of where you see it. So check it out. Okay. Um, well, we, cause this again is going to go back to the core reasons of why we play video games, right? Yeah. I, I've just come to realize literally in the last five minutes is how I'm going to interpret it. Uh, how one plays video games as the radial map from Street Fighter. Now, unfortunately, those of you who have not played Street Fighter or actually Marvel is where you first see it. Uh, 
this analogy might not come across, so I apologize. Go look up what I'm talking about. <laughs> but uh, I'm sure Snacks, you remember, like in um, in Marvel in particular, like online, you'll have the radial map uh, for, as part of your player profile, and yeah, they're implementing it in Street Fighter Five too, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. they are. Uh, you know, saying which particular aspect of play you tend toward, right? Yeah. That's how I'm choosing to look at how people play games. There's a few different points on the map, and you'll tend toward a couple of them. So one point could be, let's say, general immersion, right? Yep. Another would be, like, analysis of artistic value. Another would be kind of where... I think you will probably be most headed toward, which is, uh, how do we put this? I guess the, an obstacle to overcome. Okay. Yeah. Which is the thing for everybody, but some people it's way more thing than others. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, and there'll be a couple other things like people who want to experience like the music and things like that, whatever. Uh, the point of bringing up the radio map is like for you, if there are five points in that map, like five being the max, that somebody could go toward any one thing you're suggesting right now, you're pretty much like four or five on obstacle to overcome, which is fine. But for me, that'd be more like three. It's a, it's a thing, but I don't need to bash my head against the wall. But if I get to particularly as an adult with a, a lot more games to play than ever before and B less time to play said games than ever before. If I get to a point where it's going to be headbanging against the wall, I just drop the game. Which sounds like a bitch move. It is. But I don't care. <laughs> it's not, though. It's not. It's not. I'm saying I'm, – I'm just saying that I, I think that there is um, like this, this, uh, this feeling of accomplishment that I, wouldn't, that I wouldn't want anyone to like rob themselves of. And – and I Which is fair to say. And I wouldn't want and I think that I think that developers are, are pretty in tune with uh you know with, with this attitude and with this feeling and you know almost assuredly have felt it themselves. And I think that they want to recreate it in in their player base, right? Well that's in, that's really one of the, like well, everything you're saying is sensible because that is a, a major you know, foundational reason that games exist in the first place, which is it is some it's a this is something that Jane McGonagall talks about in her book uh, Reality is Broken, which I highly recommend for those in the audience. But um, she talks about games being an obstacle, a challenge that we voluntarily take on, right? Yeah, and most of the value is that we voluntarily take on these obstacles to test ourselves and to overcome them. Um, but there is a balance there uh, between taking on that challenge and the point at which it becomes, all right, like this is ridiculous. And the point at which it becomes ridiculous is going to differ for each and every person. Like for me, uh, and also I should say the point at which it becomes ridiculous enough where, where you say I'm okay with not experiencing what would be equating to full mastery because I have now realized for me to get to full mastery will require much more time and effort than I'm willing to put in. Uh, I'm trying to think of a good example for me where I made that decision. Um, 
<laughs> a Zelda game, a number of Zelda games, probably. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, ah, here's a great one. Professor Layton, right? Okay. Professor Layton is a game like the first one. Because I remember when it first came out, huge hype for good reason. Uh, everybody was super excited. I dropped that game like a hot potato. Damn. Because, you know, for those who haven't played Professor Layton, it stars this charming professor and his protege running around old school London. And, you know, somehow in the world of Pokemon, everybody who runs across wants to battle you. In the world of Professor Layton, everybody you run across wants to give you a puzzle to solve. It's very nice. Uh, The problem is I found most of these puzzles to be, even in the early parts of the game, like brain busters. I could not. Now, you get hint coins. You can use up to three hint coins per puzzle, right? Uh, The third one basically being, fine, here's what you have to do. (laughs) And I ran out of hint coins before, like, the end of Chapter 2. And they don't give you that many to begin with. So it was just not going to happen. And I said to myself, okay, well, listen, I just banged my head against the wall trying to figure out these puzzles for the last however many hours. I'm good. (laughs) <laughs> like, I know this is not going to fly. Actually, another game I want to use as an example for that is The Witness that just came out this week. Damn, yeah. Uh, topical. Very topical, right? Yeah. So, Witness just dropped this week, and uh, I was like, let's see what this thing is about. <laughs> the funny part is that I just took one look at the screen. I was like, this does not look good for me. <laughs> and then I read the reviews like, yes, this is this incredible puzzle game. But, you know, you're going to bash your head against the wall for several hours. I was like, that's a non-starter. Yeah. That's a non-starter. Yep. All this is to say, and Zelda is actually another great example. I'm try- I wanted to avoid putting this out there, but I'm going to put it out there. Which is that the only Zelda game that I've ever been able to get to the end of is Twilight Princess. Which is part of the reason I like it so much. Uh, I legitimately do think it's you know, the most awesome one in the whole franchise. Mm-hmm. But part of the reason I, I adore it so is because it's the only one that I was actually able to complete almost entirely unaided. Uh, I can't say that about any of the others. Uh, so where for you and a lot of other people, you know, getting through those horrible things is indeed the badge of honor. Those horrible things. <laughs> Like you, know, you make it seem like I'm, I'm just like self-flagellating over here. Like I like I turn on an on my Xbox and I just whip myself until the game's over. <laughs> <laughs> That's not what's happening. I promise. <laughs> well, hey, for, again, when it comes to certain things, that's where it can come to. Yeah, uh, you know. Yeah, and and listen, don't get me wrong. I've I've stopped. Uh, I've given up before. I have. I uh, I gave up on Odama. Um, which when we do our, uh, obscure games, nobody's ever heard of episode. That'll, that'll be up there. Um, but that, uh, I'm going to, I want to, I want to chalk that one up to, um, uh, a little bit of like, uh, like, uh, technological shortcomings, uh, maybe like a vision a little bit too, too high on the, on the side of the developer for what they were actually capable of doing technologically. Uh, but also like insanely difficult. Like I could not figure it out. Um, and then I have also stopped playing games, uh, because the, um, the online community had, um, 
had mastered the game to a point that I knew I would never be able to reach. And that's happened to me before also. So, um, yeah, I, I've, I've, I've gone in and played games multiplayer and just gotten bodied over and over and over and just been like, you know what? I, I'm not, uh, playing this game on a competitive level, not going to happen. Um, it happened with, um, Super Mario Strikers charged, mm. uh, which I loved. And we've talked about how I think they need to do another, Mario soccer game, but the online community, um, like had that game down to a T and I could not compete. Um, never like barely played that game online. Couldn't do it. Um, another one was, uh, NFL street. One of the NFL street games, one of the, one of the ones that came out for, um, it was very, very late in the PS2 GameCube Xbox cycle. Mm-hmm. So it was it was an Xbox Live game, and I think it might have been NFL Street two or three, um, but I I was getting bodied <laughs> so bad in that game, so bad. And I was playing the game on on hard mode and everything like that, and it was fine. As soon as I took it online, I was getting messed up. So um, sports games, I guess in general, maybe I'm just not that good at sports games. Um, well, I'm pretty good at Rocket League, but. Um, but yeah, no, uh, uh, Odama and then a couple of online games where it, it was just, it was just over my head and I couldn't do it. Um, so it, it's happened before, you know, well, I kind of look at online as kind of a different beast, right? Because you can't, you can't regulate the difficulty game, of your opponent. Once you take any game online, yeah. that's pretty much what can be the case. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because any game is going to have a base of players that is going to learn the ins and outs of it and crush everybody in their path. Yeah. Uh, how much of the player base that is depends on the game and the size of said player base, right? Yeah. So that I don't really look in the same way. I'm talking about like a single player game, particularly something like the Zelda series where there is no difficulty level. It just is what it is, and you either figure it out or you don't. Yeah. Let me um. Let me look up my uh my uh, list, my games played in 2015 list, and. See if any of the ones uh, that are not checked was because I straight up gave up. Uh, okay, Odama, that's there. Um, <laughs> and even Odama is kind of different because, as you said, that game was ambitious enough in its design that it flat out wouldn't work for a certain portion of it. Yeah. So that one, who knows how much of that is giving up because the design of the game was difficult or if it was just, you know, shittily designed. Right. That's, that's kind of a different beast. No, but. every game, every game that I started uh, and did not finish in 2015, I didn't finish because I didn't finish it yet, or because I stopped playing because I didn't like it. Um, Odama being the only exception, For which all, is pretty good. All of two, all of 2015, um, I stopped playing uh, Atelier Totori Plus because I thought it was stupid. Um, <laughs> which I. You should be even be surprised that I even played that game in the first. I was actually going to be like, I'm stunned to even hear that name come out of your mouth. Yeah, yeah. Um, the Dear God, uh, I I didn't like, uh, and yeah, that's it. Um, Xenoblade Chronicles X is the only unfinished game from this list, but I am uh, inching my way towards the end of that game, uh, slowly but surely. I will I will finish it, and uh, that game's sufficiently difficult. But I think it. I think it's with uh, JRPGs. Difficulty can be remedied by grinding, which is also kind of like the the easy way out. But 
um, it comes at a cost, right? Which is the time consumption, but that's, that's neither here nor there. Uh, I, I have avoided grinding in that game as much as I can. Uh, I, but I will finish it. Um, but yeah, um, even though you can say that bad RPG design requires you to grind because then you'll be like level 30, everything will be like level 30 and then they throw a level, level 45 boss. Mm, Too bad. Grind. Bye. Yeah. Uh, this game doesn't really, I don't think it's, I don't think it's bad game design because oh, I, no, if it's anything like Xenoblade Chronicles one, Xenoblade Chronicles one had, in my opinion, one of the smoothest, uh, level curves of any RPG I've ever played. So yeah, it's, um, it's different, but it's, uh, but it's, it's, it's there. I think it's, I think it's just sufficiently difficult. I don't think it's, uh, yeah, it just, the they just made a hard yeah. game like, at the end. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, I, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I, 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 that's, I guess that's all I have to say about difficulty. <laughs> well, like I said, generally speaking, uh, I'm definitely a fan of difficulty levels. As far as Nintendo, uh, the whole idea of putting in kind of an out for people like me who will be like, all right, you know, uncle, what do I do? Yeah. And, and another thing is that especially when it comes to that item, I really like the whole idea of like that item or whatever that can give you an out because like me, I try to keep it honest, right? So if I have, if I get stuck at a point, uh, which is going to happen at least a few times per game, then I'm going to get myself past the point and then put away the guide or whatever and move on, you know, and, and you make an honest go of it. But, uh, it, it to me it's to me it's a bigger shame to reach a point where you have to give up the whole game entirely because it's just not going to happen. Yeah. Rather than be like, okay, well, you know, take the pride hit and ask for help and get past the point. Uh, I'm definitely past the point now where I feel bad for asking for help. I'm like, <laughs> game facts. <laughs> yeah, I. I I, and I, and I've you know I've I've used game facts before. It's not it's not always like I'm not so prideful where I'm just like uh, you know if I'm at a, if I'm stuck at a part I just like lock myself in my room and like don't allow I, I like shut off all other appliances and I like chain the fridge shut and I like <laughs> don't allow myself to use the bathroom until I've completed until this conquered. you know until I've conquered this this thing you know I'm not insane but uh but that is a reason why i play the games and i and i think that you're probably right the um uh the whole the whole the whole chasm between how you feel about it and how i feel about it really just boils down to why we play games in the first place and what drew us to that particular game and uh difficulty is is just falls falls in line with with our personal purpose like why we're here in the first place. So yeah, it's, it's one of those things, you know, it, it's, it's going to be a lot of personal preference. Um, the one thing I did want to bring up before we finish this is that is kind of how difficulty design is done. So for games that do have difficulty levels, there's the good way to do it. And this, and you know, the, the cheap way to do it, uh, the good way to do it, frankly, is to, if not re-engineer the game, 
but you've tweaked uh, enough things that there is a real and substantive difference between each difficulty level, right? Mm-hmm. Like Metal Gear, for example. Like playing on hard mode and playing on normal mode is very different for a bunch of different reasons, not just one, you know. for Like some games, hard mode just means that uh, everybody else, all the enemies now have double HP. Woo. <laughs> you know? like Woo. <laughs> woo. Yeah. Like there's nothing... There's nothing there other than things basically to make it more annoying. Yeah. In the case of Dark Souls, when I advocated for like just chop the HP, it burned me to even say that because I usually hate that approach. But yeah. for a game like that, I would get because like it, like you we were saying, you don't want to sacrifice the essence of the combat or whatever. You don't want to just make it dumb. Uh, so in that, that's a case where you could just be like, well, I wouldn't even say like giving the. I think a better way to do it for Dark Souls would would be to say that um, you you take less damage rather than the uh, rather than the enemies having less HP. I think that would be smarter, only because like a lot of times in Dark Souls you're you're dead in one or two hits, right. and it just it it you know it still forces you to think, but it, it widens your margin for error a little bit uh, without just making everything easier to, to defeat. Right, because you still have to think about the patterns, and you still have to, you know, figure out your rhythm, and you know, take the same like use the same risk assessment. But uh, it's the game is more lenient in that regard. I think for Dark Souls, if they were to do it, which you know, just God have mercy uh, <laughs> if they do, but but that would be, I think that would be the smarter way to do it. That's fair, but um, yeah, most games, I like to see them actually like. You know, certain things are flat out different, right? When you play another thing in Metal Gear, a better example would be to say, like bosses. When you play on normal mode, the bosses will have one set of moves, right? Mm-hmm. On hard, a couple extra ones get thrown in, or where the boss did one hit at this first at this part, suddenly it's two, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So things like that were like, whoa, I didn't see that before. You know, or the enemies will have. Or enemies that are walking around and patrolling will check more places, you know, and and generally think more and try to outflank you more and and behave differently. So the the entire experience of playing the game is different rather than just, oh, well, now, (laughs) now it's just, now you just have a bigger bullet sponge. Man, you're you're getting excited just thinking about this, aren't you? I really am. (laughs) Like I said, the Metal Gear design for difficulty, I really think, is peerless because it achieves all those things. And something like a European Extreme, what? Yeah. For those folks that don't know, in uh, Metal Gear, at least the first few, uh, European Extreme mode uh, is, is you playing the game, and as soon as you are seen, the game ends, period. Yep. You get seen, game over screen. There's not even any gun battle. That's it. So yeah. playing that is an exercise in palm sweaty, you know, total creeping about pure stealth. Yeah, but at the same time, you never deal with combat. So it's difficult. Well, except for bosses. Except for bosses. But the whole – I it, yeah, it's like a legendary game – game mode uh but it's like 
you never have to worry about having uh, enough rations or anything like that because you're you're playing the game in this like you know vacuum where you just avoid everybody, which is you know a challenge in in and of itself. But uh, but yeah, European Extreme. Um, I I only know two people who have beat any Metal Gear Solid game on uh, European Extreme. Yeah, and one of them sick enough as we both know and has beaten it on two games on European Extreme. Yep. So, you know, props to those people who have that crazy amount of patience. Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, anything else? Oh, no. I think we've uh, we've hit this one on head, but right. definitely would love to hear from other people because I know this is this is something that comes up all the time on the various gaming forums and everybody kind of has a different take on it. Like I said, partly because of, you know, kind of that radio map. Yeah. Everybody's in it for a different reason. It really is. It really boils down to personal sensibilities, but, um, we'll have that discussion, uh, hopefully soon on the pod. So, uh, yeah, reach out to us on, on Twitter or whatever, or in person, just show up to my job and yell at me. Uh, (laughs) You they know. definitely come yell at me. Why do you mean? Yeah, what are you mean? What are you talking about? <laughs> you crazy piece of shit. Yeah, basically. <laughs> like, yeah, but uh, all right, that's it. We'll uh, see you guys next week. Peace out. Later.